Well, good morning to all of you. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Luke chapter number 10. Good morning to all of you who are with us. May the Lord bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you here today with us in our 1030 worship service. May the Lord bless you. These days we're talking about, <clears throat> these days we're spending our time in Luke's gospel, looking at the everyday stories of Jesus. In your Bible, sometimes the word is called parable. Parable means something thrown alongside. That's the idea. The idea is that the Lord Jesus addressed very important spiritual truths by <clears throat> revealing these stories. And as he speaks these stories, sometimes, you know, stories are like a, the, the, when you talk about truths of God, uh, they, they put light on it. They open up and reveal and explain things in a simple but very powerful way. These everyday stories will stick in your mind. They'll affect your emotions long after we leave today. Uh, though this is a very familiar story to many of you, I'm not going to assume that everybody in here, I know that the boys and girls who are learning God's Word, <clears throat> these stories aren't as familiar as they are to some of us who are in here today. Sometimes this is called the story or the parable of the Good Samaritan. I, I would like to rather say it is the story of the good neighbor, the story of the good neighbor, the loving, merciful neighbor. So let's go to God's word now and read Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> the Lord Jesus has been, has sent out 70 of his disciples to do mission. This is how chapter 10 opens. He sent them out to do mission. They've come back. <clears throat> They're giving the Lord Jesus their mission report. Uh, later in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 17, they return with joy. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That's the way it is. When we share the gospel, every knee bows, the evil ones bow, everyone bows to the Lord Jesus. So they share what has happened. The Lord Jesus talks with them. And then uh, as they're there in this crowd, you see these stories of the Lord Jesus, the majority of them didn't take place in a church house or a church building, a worship place. They, they, uh, they took place along the road, along the the uh, traveling along the way from place to place. Luke's gospel actually connects them <clears throat> to the Lord as he walked along the way. <clears throat> so now we read beginning in verse 25, and a lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 26, and he said to him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he, that is the Lord Jesus, said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, that is the lawyer, in this crowd of people, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers 
And they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Verse 32. Likewise, a Levi also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Verse 33. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him. And when he saw him, He felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put them and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. Then our two focal verses for the day, which of these three, this is the Lord Jesus now asking the lawyer, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, that is the lawyer, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to the lawyer, Go and do the same. Heavenly Father, we now take these words to heart today. Many of us in this room have heard this story of the Lord Jesus most of our life if we've been in church. We've heard preachers preach and teachers teach it. We've read it to our children and grandchildren. But these aren't past days. These are... This is read to us and we hear it today, here in 2023. Here we are. In all the circumstances of our life, in all of the pressures of these last days, and all the troubles that surround us, we now hear you say to us, go and do the same to our neighbor." We pray today, Lord, for those children who are in foster care in Tennessee. We pray that we thank you for those new families who have volunteered across the state to be foster parents. We pray that you would call out others for these children who are desperately in need and need mercy from their neighbor. We pray that you would help us as a church that we might do what you've called us to do to help support orphans in need. We pray that you would help us in the other ministries that we seek to do in this church, that we might share Jesus, the truth and the love of Jesus with those around us in Dixon County and the surrounding areas so that we might be salt and light for the sake of the gospel. For some of us here today, Lord, these words are so familiar, we're going to easily dismiss them. May the Holy Spirit search our hearts. May we put aside the filthiness of our own minds and sin and receive with humility these truths. With humility and desire to learn. We all have need to learn about loving and showing mercy to our neighbor. Holy Spirit, be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. The focal truth today that I'm going to use around these words is this, that a neighbor, he says, who is my neighbor? The lawyer says in verse 29. And the Lord Jesus then says, well, which one was a neighbor? And I'm going to answer in, in, and highlight around the Lord's comments. A neighbor is one who shows loving mercy to everyone. A neighbor is one who shows loving mercy to everyone. Why does Jesus tell the story? Well, he's been asked a question. He's been asked a question. What's the central truth around this story? Well, for me, I believe it is what I've said to you. It is that a neighbor is one who shows loving mercy to everyone. Who is your neighbor is the question of the lawyer. <clears throat> and then the, the, the issue that I want us to take to heart as followers of Jesus is how are we doing in treating our neighbors? Now I'm asking you personally, boys and girls, this story of the Lord Jesus is a good story to remember. It's good to see it and that's what we'll talk about today. We'll talk about it and think about it together. So again, one more time, <clears throat> let's read this story so we have it in our minds. Luke 10, 30. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among robbers, they stripped him and beat him, and they, were, and they left him half dead. By chance, a priest was going down on the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite. When he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who was on a journey, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast, brought him to the inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. There are four observations that I'd like to make from this story today. First of all, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus asking him, who is my neighbor? Perhaps this uh, lawyer was not doing this. Si he stands up. So apparently everyone has sit has was sitting down as they were there with the Lord. We don't know all about that, but here he stands up. He makes himself known to Jesus as uh, in the crowd. He's testing him. This was a normal kind of process for rabbis, for people to ask them questions. Uh, to test them, to test their knowledge. So it's perhaps not here that we think that uh, the lawyer is being cruel or that he's untrusting. He's simply asking, uh, testing the Lord for his answer on this important question. Here's the first question. By the way, notice all these questions. We have the lawyer's questions. We have the Lord Jesus questions. We have the lawyer's questions and the Lord Jesus questions. I mentioned to the early crowd, I was uh, listening this week to something and and uh, it was uh, this old rabbi, Jewish rabbi, was being asked by the newsman. <clears throat> he says, why is it that you Jews always answer a question with a question? And the old Jewish rabbi said, well, why not? Why not? Some of you will get that. Others of you will get it when you get home for lunch. Here we have questions. And what do lawyers do? I know we have lawyers in our church. I'm not trying to offend our lawyers, but you ask a lot of questions. Lawyers and their questions. Lawyers and their questions. Back and forth we go. Teacher, 
What shall I do? He asks a good question. He asks the one who would know best the answer to this question. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 25. And the Lord said, well, another question. What is, what is it? Notice what is written in the law and how do you read it? Lawyer, what's the answer to this? And then the lawyer responds by putting together these wonderful truths from Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. That is, love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord says to him in response, you have answered correctly. And then he gives him a command. Do this and you will live. It's also the promise from the law of God. If you love God and if you love your neighbor as yourself, you will live. Here is how you have life. This is the essence of what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means, church, to be born again, to love God completely as much as you can with all of your heart, growing every day and love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then, of course, we have the lawyer's response, 29. Wishing to justify himself. Now he's made this tremendous statement to the Lord. The Lord said, do this and you'll live. That's the promise. Then the, then the lawyer asked this famous question, who is my neighbor? Well, I have uh, below here some observations around that because the Lord answers uh, asks him again in verse number 37. He asks him in verse 36, which one of these three is the one who showed himself to be a neighbor? And the man said, the one who showed mercy. And the Lord said, go and do the same in verse number 37. So what is it to be a neighbor? What is it to be a neighbor? We need to answer that as followers of Jesus. Look, the days in which we live the days, these last days, these troubled days in which we live, church, push us sometimes to limit who we call our neighbor, to restrict those that we believe to be our friends. Now, this has an, this has an impact on the gospel. Uh, I, I've been observing this uh, as a pastor since COVID days, quite differently than even before in our culture. Uh, we've, we've been battling these things and we've, we've turned inward. We've come together in smaller groups. We're not quite as trusting as we perhaps should be. Uh, we, we worry about those who are strangers and we, we're troubled about enemies who do not believe that uh, we have the right to preach the gospel, to do what we do in the church. We've, we've got a lot of things going on in the culture and young boys and girls and children, everybody feeling the pressure of these last days. They're troublesome days. They're difficult days. In this world, you will have trouble, the Lord said. So as a result of that, it's changed. I believe it's changed the way the church, and I'm talking about the church being God's people, I believe it's affected the way we treat every person. Not only in the church house, but those who work with you, those you meet who are strangers all around us today. This story has great significance for us today. Who is my neighbor? You're going to have to answer that question for yourself. You already are answering it by the way you treat other people. Did you know that? 
Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? The lawyer says. Well, number two, here are three observations I'll give you among the final observations. A neighbor shows loving mercy to everyone, whoever they are. You've got a You've got a priest in verse 31 who passes by. It's a man. We don't know much. Verse 30. The Lord Jesus just simply says, A man was beaten half uh, and left half dead on his way on a trip between Jerusalem and Jericho. A man. That's all we know. Not a rich man, not a poor man. We don't know. A man. A man is beaten and half dead by the road. Well, 31. Uh, the, the priest passed by. The Levite passed by. They both saw him and passed by. But then we have this Samaritan who is on his journey. And please notice the language. He, he came upon this stranger and he saw the stranger and he felt compassion for the stranger and he came to the stranger. He came to the stranger. This is demonstrating for us the important lesson of being a neighbor with love and mercy. We come to those with compassion who are in desperate situations. He comes to a stranger. The Lord Jesus has given his life for the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish. But the Lord also said to us in Matthew 5, love your, love your enemies. Love your enemies. That is, love your enemies. Not just be kind. No, no, love your enemies. He also said to us as a church, as he was washing the disciples' feet and reminds all of us who are in this church who are believers, love one another. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. By this shall all people know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So there is in the church this idea, well, we're just going to love each other more and that'll be enough. But that doesn't answer the question, who's your neighbor? Are your neighbors only those who are part of the church? Are your neighbors only those who are followers of Jesus? Are your neighbors only those who agree with your political opinions? Are your neighbors only those who look like you and come from the same race as you? Are your neighbors those who have the same amount of knowledge and education and wealth? Are your neighbors those who only live in America? Are your neighbors... Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? A Samaritan in the story teaches us that everyone is our neighbor. Everyone is our neighbor. You see, there have been those that we've been strangers to and they've been neighborly to us. They have shown us love and mercy. This is how believers are to do it. We're to, we're to see people in their conditions. We're to come to them and we're to minister to them. Oh, Pastor Mike, there's a lot of danger in that. Do you not believe God's big enough to take care of you? Do you not believe God knows, is aware of what you're doing? Do you believe that the Lord has not said to us, go and make disciples, not sit and cringe at the church house? Not stay with your holy huddle and your friends that are just like you, act just like you, dress just like you, and think just like you. No, this story demands us all here to ask the question, who is my neighbor? The answer the Lord is giving is everyone 
everyone, the whoever's of the world are my neighbor. Well, they don't, I don't like what they say. I don't like the way they dress. I don't like their attitudes. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? To, uh, to make this point a little clearer, I want you to keep your finger in Luke 10. I'd like for you to take your Bible. I know you have your Bibles open and take your Bible and look in James chapter 2. Let's read what uh, James has to say to us about this matter of loving our neighbor. James chapter 2, I'll read it beginning in verse 1. My brethren, he's writing to Christians. I'm speaking now to the church. My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. Do you have favorites? Do you have friends and those that are strangers? That's the way you categorize them. The ones that I know and the ones I don't know. Why I didn't grow up with them. Okay. Congratulations. You didn't grow up with them. Here we have it. Don't hold, don't hold your faith in the glorious Lord Jesus in an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your worship service with a gold ring dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay attention to the one who's wearing fine clothes and say, you sit here in a good place and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? If however, verse 8 is very important, mark it in your Bible. If however, you are fulfilling, that is living by the royal law, according to the scriptures, the king's law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. You see, that's what we do. We do well as God's people when we love our neighbor as ourself. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin. That's right. It is sin to show partiality. It is sin to separate any human being from not being included as your neighbor. It does not matter whether they conform to your opinions. It does not, as James says, matter whether they're rich or poor. It does not matter their background. They are your neighbor. They are a fellow human being. A fellow human being. And as a result, they are created in the image of God and they deserve, all people deserve, every person deserves from God's people if we're going to be one who proves to be a loving, merciful neighbor and to be like our Lord Jesus, we're going to show love for whoever, whoever they are. But secondly, or, or on the outline here, thirdly, a neighbor shows loving mercy to everyone whenever they need it. Not, ever, not, also, not only whoever they are, but whenever they need it. Now look at this. You see, if you love your neighbor, <clears throat> stranger, or if you love your neighbor enemy, or if you love your neighbor friend, it's going to take a change in your time. Boy, we're busy people, aren't we? 
Your phone's going off, alarms set here and there. You've got schedules, you've got time, you've got to be places. You're even worried about how long I'm going to preach, you've got stuff to do. But we'll get out of here when we do. The reality is we got all of this going in life. Busy, busy, busy. Schedules, worries and cares of the world. What does this man do? He's on a journey. Verse 33. He sees this man. He comes to him. He, he feels compassion. So what does he do? He comes to him. He does not pass by him. He bandages him up. He puts medicine on him. He puts him on his own animal. He brings him to the hotel, to the inn. He takes care of him. He takes care of him. He doesn't assign it or delegate it. He takes care of him. There is a personal responsibility that I have and you have to love my neighbor. And that means whatever they need. Whatever they need. Well, how did the Lord say it? If your neighbor asks you for something, give them whatever they need. If they ask for your coat, give them your shirt. If they ask you to go a mile, go another mile. This is what, this is what Christians do. This is what followers of Jesus do. This is, what we, this is how people know that we love other people. The Lord Jesus Christ was filled with compassion. He was filled with mercy. He died so that we might have life. He came and gave himself, his time, his life, so that we might live. So what does he, what does he expect of his people? To do the same. This man, this man showed loving mercy to his neighbor. He was a neighbor and showed it to this stranger neighbor by giving him whatever he needed. Paul said believers should put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I ask, is that the description of First Baptist Church, Dixon? Is that the description of my life? Putting on, putting on, like I put on my coat today before I came out here to preach. Putting on a heart of compassion. Oh, let me tell you, friends. Listen to me now. The world will make you hard. The world will make you hard. It will make you hard. If you do hard work this summer with your bare hands without gloves on, your hands will get calloused and hard. Oh, the world makes our hearts calloused. Oh, the more we see it and listen to it on the news, the more we play it, the more we listen to all of our, all of this, and we see the things that are done in this world and the horrible nature of them, it makes us hard. But we must put on hearts of compassion. That's like Jesus. We must put on hearts of kindness. That's like the Lord Jesus. We must put on hearts of humility, not pride and arrogance. We must put on hearts of gentleness. We need to be patient. How is it that the church can be so hard, so unkind, so proud, so harsh, and so impatient. You see, it's when we're not walking with Jesus. It's when we're not crucifying our flesh. We don't have here as an, an option. You see, it is the law of God and it is the law of our Lord Jesus Christ that we're to love our neighbor. And we're to love them as ourself. Are you today practicing this? Are you loving whoever? Are you loving them like Jesus would love them? In a sacrificial, kind love is patient, kind, tender-hearted, 
gentle. I'm not going to just run with my crowd. You see, the Lord was among the people here. He had His disciples, and here were all these others surrounding Him. There was a love that He had for all of these people, and He spoke to them, whatever they needed, but also whatever the cost. You see, a neighbor finally shows loving mercy to everyone, whatever the cost. Whoever they are, whoever they are, whenever they need it, we show loving mercy whenever they need it. Oh, Pastor Mike, they did terrible things to me. Yes. And you've done terrible things to people too. Don't ever think that someone else may have done something to you and you've not done something to others. This is something common to us all. Our neighbor is whoever, and our neighbor, we show loving mercy to whoever, and we show loving mercy whenever they need it, and whatever it costs. Wait a minute, here it is. 35, the next day, that means he stayed with him all night. He stayed with the stranger and took care of him all night. On the next day, he took out two denarii, money, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friends, gave his all. He gave his all. What does he expect of his followers? Give your all. You give it all. You hold nothing back. You follow the Lord Jesus and you practice loving kindness and mercy. So what do we remember today as we go? Well, I just would give you these three observations and let me elaborate just for a moment as I finish. And what I'm going to do, because there are so many places in God's Word and especially in the New Testament that highlight this principle of loving your neighbor as yourself, I'm going to comment on a few of them here for just a moment. Number one, I want you to remember this this morning now. Loving our neighbor is the fulfillment of the law of God. The law of God is perfect. The law of God is holy. The law of God is what shows us our sinfulness. You see, the law of God says, love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord Jesus says, love your enemies. Do you love your enemies? The Lord Jesus said, love one another. Are you showing love to one another in the family of God? Or do you pick do you pick those that you love the most? Well, I really like them, but I don't like them so much. They really are more like me than they are. Are you guilty, as James said, of prejudice and separating people and determining who's better for you? Well, you see, just so you believe it's not just James who said this, Paul the Apostle says in Galatians 5.14, the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. The whole law is fulfilled in one statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. By the way, I see a lot of people here today who love yourself. You look good. You combed your hair. You put on your clothes. You fed yourself before you got here. You put yourself in a vehicle and made your way up here. You found yourself in your seat. You, you've seen to caring for yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. It is the whole of the law. All of those laws, all of those precepts, all of those, all of those things that are given, those ordinances are to remind us, love your neighbor, whoever, whenever, and whatever. Love your neighbor. Also, loving our neighbor is loving others as we love ourselves. We must speak the truth to our neighbor. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 4.25. Speak the truth to each other. I love you when I speak the truth to you. I don't have to speak it in a harsh way. I need to speak the truth in love. 
I speak the truth in love. You speak the truth to me. We speak to one another in love. It does not mean that you love somebody that you agree with the way they live or what they do. You've learned this from your children. You love your children when they do things that you're not pleased with. You don't stop loving them because they don't completely conform to your commands. Love whoever. Think about the condition they're in if they're lost in their sins. Think about the darkness they're in. They don't know the way. They don't know Jesus. The gospel must be shared. We must go into a world and love those who are, who are hard to love. We must love those who do not care if we love them or not. We must love those who believe that what we say is a lie and, and is uh, dangerous. We must love those who have no interest in being around us. We must demonstrate and express our love. And finally, loving our neighbor is your duty. It's your duty. Do your job is what the Lord's saying here. How does he say it at the end to the lawyer? I'm saying it to this church. Go and do the same. Show loving mercy to your neighbor, whoever, whenever, whatever they need. Go and love your neighbor, whoever, whoever. I'm emphasizing it, whoever. Those outside of your friendships, those outside of your associates, love them with loving mercy, whoever they are. You know, aren't you glad to know somebody when you were loveless, when you were godless, when you hated God, somebody loved you enough to tell you the gospel, to share the gospel with you? They didn't wait until you looked good enough or you carried your Bible or knew God's word. You shared the gospel you shared the gospel with somebody and they got saved, but you did it not based on what they look like, not what they're doing. You looked at the heart. Paul says, owe nothing to anyone except to love them. Romans chapter 15, uh, 13, 8. Romans 13, 10. Love does not do wrong to, to his neighbor. Love does not wrong his neighbor. Owe no man anything but to love them. Love does not wrong his neighbor. How are you wronging your neighbor? Ignoring them, gossiping about them, lying about them, mistreating them, manipulating them, abusing them. Love does no wrong to his neighbor. Owe nothing to anyone but to love one another. And then this is a really hard one in Romans 15 too. I don't know if you're going to believe it's in your Bible, but it is. Are you ready for it? Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good. You know how you love your neighbor? You do what is good for your neighbor, even if they don't appreciate it. And doing good is doing what the gospel teaches us to do. Being patient and kind and loving them and waiting on them. Being patient with them. You see, 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, Let no one seek his own good but that of his neighbor. You see, you're more important than me. You are more important than me. So I must live my life in such a way to love you, not to love me. This is how we live. This is how we honor the Lord Jesus Christ and what He teaches us
about being loving, merciful neighbors. Which of these three, lawyer, do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And the lawyer said, the man who was the neighbor showed mercy toward this man. And the Lord Jesus said, go love your neighbor. Go love your neighbor. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. Oh, how the cares and worries of the world, how the troubles and the, the violence and the wickedness of our world, the Lord is near to the door in these last times. And we pray, come Lord Jesus 